0: You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about working through financial issues together as a couple with pairing Daniel and Kay of Sensei Financial. It's also season three, episode three. And it's so funny because it's a numbers episode and we're working with the 3-3 pairing. So I did not make this up, but we all have to have a little giggle about that. That's hilarious. Also, I love Daniel and Michaela's Sensei because it's C-E-N-T-S-E-I. They can be our money senseis of sorts. So I'm super happy to get to talk about this topic again with you because as you may remember now that we're in season three and we're just getting our houses in order, this is the final trifecta of just preparing our year together, our fall, where we say, let's really make sure we're in order because we just did our episode on getting organized as a couple. And we're also talking about how to figure out which lines of connection might be off for us before that with Truity. And now it's time to dig in to make sure that we are on on the same page with our finances. And I know when we did our big three communication episodes in season one, we also talked a bit about this. So if you want to hear more about each type or even Wes and I and our story with finances, you can go back to season one. But today we're moving ahead. As you can imagine, with a 3-3 Glow pairing, they want to help you to work into a healthy future, but they're also going to share about their pairing. So if you love hearing a juicy marriage story and just how to assertive slash aggressive types work together, and have learned to thrive and are still learning to thrive as we all are, then you're going to get to tune into that too. So double for your pleasure today, and this double heart pairing, I think you're going to love it. Before we get to Daniel and Kay, I want to let you know we have a special upcoming episode where we're going to talk soon about tri-types, and that's going to be really cool. And that episode has Catherine Favre in it, so I'm super excited to teach you guys about the tri-type and to also let you know if you want to review our old tri-type episode that's also in season one because we are going so deep with that episode and I think you're going to love it so otherwise I just want to let you know that I'm super happy hope you came to the wholehearted enneagram conference if you did, you got to hear me talk about the six stages of the Enneagram Glow. And don't worry, I will be talking about that here as well. But also make sure you head over to the Varsity awesome conference. They have all things Enneagram. Love that title. And you will get to hear more about type by type from me. I go pretty deep there and give some tips for how to work through conflict and how to connect in your worldview, as well as just some tips for you and your marriage by type. So that is in the show notes as well, but as a family, as a culture right now, we have been all heading back to work, to school. Some of you are back in the office. Others of you are back into quarantine. I know it's still a bit of a loopy, crazy time for us all and I hope that you know I'm praying for this whole community, and I'm glad we have some structures in place to help us through times at home. One of my favorite things about working from home over this last summer was getting to be part of my Enneagram and marriage certification, and I told you a little bit about the excellent editor I had, Julie, but I wanna also recommend her to you guys if any of you need an editor, because she is fantastic, and she is so good at putting so many different aspects of your course into play and helping you to process through it. If you have a course you want to design, or if you're just somebody who wants to start writing and you want something edited, she has services for students. She has services for you as an adult learner. So feel free to check her out at www.lovetowrite.co. And I'm going to leave Julie's info in the show notes as well. And I'm not letting go of her either. I Just want to use her for more services in the future as well. But I want you to know what a fantastic editor she is in case any of you are just right there where you have something really cool you want to put out and you need some extra type one eyes on it. I used to have Wes do all my editing, and now that he's doing so much with treating COVID, it is impossible. So Julie has been a complete godsend, and I'm so grateful for her innovations and creativity, and also, of course, her order as a one. But back to budgets you have to be able to budget things like this in if you want to grow if you want a vacation if you want to save for a down payment on a house if you want to create a course you have to learn how to budget so I'm super happy Daniel and Kay are here with us and I'm super happy I'm bringing my kids through a budgeting class right now as well as part of their curriculum in their early college and even elementary years I'm bringing them through the Dave Ramsey course because I think it's really fun to start young with your kids if you have kids too, or to start right for yourselves where you are. And each time I even play their video, I'm learning. And in the moments of getting to know Daniel and Kay, I'm learning too. So even if you feel like I've already got it, it's just nice to hear other people's stories. And it's nice to remember that you can start at any age, whether you're in your retirement years or whether you're just starting out and you're not married yet. So I want you to know it is never too early or too late to start. So let's learn from them and let's learn about their glow as well. So excited to have you guys today, Danielle and Kay Oki. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yes, we're excited to be here. Thanks for reminding us.
0: Yeah,
2: thank you so much. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad and especially with this topic. This is one of the most important and actually really interesting topics I think for our couples to be tuning into. And it's so fun for me to meet a couple who is passionate about it. Especially our listeners will love to hear that you're both Enneagram 3s. Gosh, that's <laughs> pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it wasn't until we, you know, went through your glow guide kind of just understanding that 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 is maybe a little bit different than what most relationships are are looking at when they look at their Enneagram. But it's been helpful to learn about it.
1: Yeah, take the strengths from both sides and kind of make
0: our own pathway. Yes, that's really cool. I'm loving hearing that already. Because my very next question was going to be, because you're the same type, have you discovered little differences like wing or anything like that?
2: Absolutely. You know, we're both Enneagram threes, but we kind of approach it in a different way. I'm very big picture minded, visionary dreamer to a fault. And often I don't look at things in a practical step by step format to get to where I want to go. And Kay is more focused on that practical, pragmatic side. So she kind of helps rein me in a little bit.
0: Ooh, I love that. So you're in the details, Kay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I still have I'm definitely
1: future minded goals, all of that part achiever, all of that from Enneagram three, but a lot more of the organization and like getting everything just right more than the big picture. So it's kind of a good combo.
2: Yeah, I would also add to that. I like people. I just will talk with people when I'm in a public setting or church or wherever. I'm just, you know, case begging me to keep moving on so we can get to where we need to go next. And uh, she's a lot more focused on, on kind of the one-on-one relationship, but also, but doesn't want to put herself in the limelight where I'll go stand in it and shout and say, look at me all day long. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just some differences that we kind of learned in our marriage, even though we are both very goal focused, very future focused, very status and achievement minded.
0: Well, I love that you have some of the similarities too, that you're reminding me of that Sometimes it's that very thing that you're similar on that drives you toward each other. But then when you're really starting to need momentum and build your business, you're like, actually, this is really good that we have some differences too. So we'll get into all of that because that's what we want to learn from you guys about today. But we'll hear a little bit more about your glow. But first, I want to ask how you guys met. How do these two big achievers meet?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We were standing at the Germany Frankfurt Main train station and I saw her on that platform and I said wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that's how it first started but there was kind of a rockier road after that. After I served my mission and Dan tried to contact me a little bit but I was focused, got my, you know, achievement, got to get my things done. <laughs> and so it took a little bit but eventually we crossed paths again and reconnected and then dated and Engaged and married,
0: so oh, that's wonderful. And how, like, what was it that either of you could answer this, but that really attracted you to one another? I can see Kay is so pretty, but I just wonder, thank you. What did it? Of course, um, what was it that really drew you to one another?
1: Yeah, I think for me it was like just this automatic connection. Like when we started talking. I felt like we had been best friends for ten years, and we were just reconnecting, and we totally skipped over all of the small talk, all of the beginning like get to know you questions, and just we're talking deep, and and that just like went right to my heart. I think so. Just that friendship was built so quickly. I think that meant a lot for me. What about
2: you? Yeah, for I mean, where do I start? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know, Michaela is obviously very beautiful. Um, but it was more her, you know, who she, who she was, she's authentic. And I think that's one of her most awesome traits of being in any Ram three is that she just is the same, no matter who she's with. And she treats everyone the same, regardless of if they're somebody of status or somebody, you know, who, who maybe wouldn't be viewed with a lot of status. And she's just, she was, she just was my best friend. I just, I love the way she thought about life. She was practical. She was approachable. Um, she wasn't too good for anybody, but she also had standards and, uh, I was, you know, she was somebody where when I was around her, I wanted to be better. So that, I think the element Ooh. and combination of all of those things really attracted me, Michaela.
0: Oh, that is beautiful. You guys, it really does make me see her four part of her too. When you talk about Mm -hmm. the authenticity, I'm like, oh gosh, this is what I often see between that three and four, the four who's like, I admire the three so much. And then the three who's like, oh my gosh, like this person is so genuine and yet also has a huge heart and loving the fact that she's an actual three with you here because you guys do have a lot of these big dreams together. And both love executing them. So we've been talking about harmonic groups and harmony groups lately. And those are big words for some people listening. But really, it's just kind of, I wanted to preface this with saying the threes often tend to be very practical and pragmatic and very logical when they approach conflict. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about what that looks like in a marriage? And plus, we know we're not always static just this one way.
2: Yeah, I think if, you know if anyone was were to watch our conversations, they would probably laugh because it is kind of a you know logical argument after logical <laughs> argument in a lot of ways, and, and there's emotion, of course, behind those too. But it's it's very much trying to approach things from how I see things and why this is the right way and explaining logical. I mean, what we view as logical reasons in those in that moment. I think that was your question, right? Is, yeah. is how to how we approach maybe discussions or disagreements in marriage with that logical approach
1: totally and I think a lot of times it can be a good thing but also it's sometimes harder to see the other person's logic and so then you really have to like get out of yourself and yeah. recognize okay he's thinking this is totally logical from that point of view even though in my head I'm like how are you not seeing this you know oh, so that's definitely been something that we've had to work on both coming at it from that logical point of view
0: That was going to be similar to my next question, because I really am wondering that with our audience, like when you have two people, even of the same grouping, uh, what if you believe that you're logical and that theirs is illogical. So that's an interesting place where maybe emotions have to come in or the relational part comes in. And one of you gets soft and says, I'm seeing what's underneath. I'm seeing a little deeper. Is that what you do sometimes? Yeah,
1: that's Dan. <laughs> He's really good at that. I'm way more stubborn. It takes me a while to like come out of it, but Dan's really good at that.
2: I mean, I definitely have what I think is the right way, but I've learned we're never <laughs> going to get anywhere together. If we, if you know, if it's my way versus your way, we have to create our way. And then, you know, as, as threes, if we have, if we're able to create that way together, then we'll both stick to it. That's, that becomes a strength, but it's getting there. That's sometimes the hard part for us.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And when you guys also threes are both assertive and aggressive uh, and we've played with both words on this podcast, um, because of course I'm in this grouping as well. And I'm like, it's not aggressive. It's assertive, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes it's aggressive. So tell me how you guys have learned and let's just all put the caveat that we're all still learning. But how are you learning to be a little more pause oriented and patient with each other when you're both in that space?
2: Yeah, we really love um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by mm-hmm. Stephen Covey. Um, yeah. And habit five, seek first to understand before you're understood, is something we try to uh, are still learning to oh. implement with each other. But that has probably been the single biggest uh, yeah. factor in helping us pause when someone is presenting their viewpoint on something and just saying, OK, I may disagree. My my way may be completely different. And I really believe my way is is the right way. But what, what if I just stopped and really listened and repeated back actually what I heard and made sure I got her viewpoint? Correct. And often through that process, that understanding comes. Mm-hmm. If we do it right.
1: Yeah. And I would add, to like whenever we have a discussion like that, having a designated time for it because we know that we're so easily triggered, I guess we get, can get assertive and I can just come into the kitchen with all these thoughts, you know, and, um, just lay it all out on Dan. Then it's helpful to be like, okay, let, I need to tell you something. Can I talk to you about this at this time or whatever that has really helped to just be able to prepare and then not let those emotions get too hefty.
0: Oh, that's a really cool tip for the couples listening is you know, give some time before you just pounce, right? Yes.
2: I, I've I Michaela would love, I mean, to just chat about it. The moment something comes to her head, she wants to tell me. But I need I need like to prepare for conversations a lot because I find they just go better and I can be mentally focused and present during that time as well. Oh.
0: I think that's the more disciplined way to be. And that is not without me understanding Michaela, because I do that too. And I even shared a reel about that today. Some of us are just so eager to be past it that Mm -hmm. we're like, if I get it out really quick, then we're moved on. And then the other person has to say, I'm not even ready to receive it. And we're not going to do any healthy processing if we rush it. So that is a really, it's a healthier way to do things. Even if I totally understand why me and you do that. Yes. It's so real,
1: so yeah. real.
0: I'm glad and, you can relate, <laughs> and, and occasionally I think that is better because sometimes yeah. it is an emergency. And of course, now that I'm in the, the parenting years, I'm like, No, I have to have you pick up the kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, there. there's no place yes. for it, right? Yes, <laughs> oh well, I know that we all just love hearing from two threes. The truth and love is a beautiful thing, and as we transition into talking about finances, one question that just came up for me quickly about your pairing is. I love that you guys really try to emphasize the truth, that you really care about justice. And do you think that this, as we segue into the financial topic, really helps you to be able to speak to that topic with integrity? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I think we've learned
1: so much through the experience specifically with finances of how much that is necessary when talking about that topic that hopefully it comes through as we've talked to our clients.
2: Yeah, it's really come through. I think that type of topic and thinking has really bonded and kind of, you know, sealed our relationship and marriage. And obviously we're still working on a lot, but it it's, it's really the topic of finances came down to, am I going to do things my way or am I going to do things your way? Or are we going to find the way and make that our way and do it together? And, and, Mm -hmm. and then really try to understand what we both care about and want and work together justly so that we can find the truth and then execute on it together. Mm -hmm. And that's what we, want for us. We want to, you know, we want to find the truth and live it. And we also want other people. And that's, what's kind of led us down this whole financial journey to begin with.
0: Well, I am looking forward to hearing about your financial journey too. And I wanted to let our audience know that you guys have trained several thousand people in your financial approach. What do you notice is an issue with most couples finances in general?
1: Mm, Good question. So I think a lot of it is actually what happened to us, which is why we we see this such that this is such a big problem, but Dan kind of said it, but being on two different pages or maybe not completely, maybe you're like, we both want a house or we both want a family or we both want the same thing, but how we approach it is different. How we were raised with money was different. How we think about money is different. How big that house should be. How many kids, what time commitment is spent. There's so many things that, money is interwoven in all of those things. Oh, and so right. I think that's a big challenge we see specifically when you're working with couples dealing with finances is it's not just about you. It's not just about your dreams, your reality, where you want to go. You've got to see how can we do this together, which is a very oh. different way of thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you're like, oh, you're holding me back. You know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I think we've all been, felt, Held back by our spouse financially <laughs> at one point or another, um, and and that's normal. I think I think you know you you know what's the, one of the main uh, issues we see with couples from the thousands of people we've trained and talked to um, is that um, life's busy, and when we're adults and in a couple and in a relationship, often it becomes a to do list and something that we kind of just do on the side, or one of us kind of manages and takes over, and it kind of just becomes something that we do. In the background. And it, it, it's not something we set apart intentional time to discuss, or learn about, think about, get educated on, or really come up with a plan that we both work on. And so obviously, if we don't spend time to do those things, then inevitably through life, we're going to have decisions that pop up and discussions where we feel frustration and anger and not heard because we haven't set the time to proactively create a plan beforehand.
0: Yeah, that makes sense that you feel like a lot of people are in that spot because they're making it uh, kind of a time in the doldrums and they're not really focusing on it regularly and with intention. And you guys have I love that you're saying there's these patterns we keep seeing. And so when you're doing these talks and I know we're going to get to hear about what you're offering to our audience, which is fun. Um, can you tell us a couple of tips for people that they could already start working on? You know how I'm assertive. I'm like, let's get going. Can we yeah. already hear a couple of tips? Yes, get down to the
1: point. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Well, a few things. One tip I would say is have that open dialogue. Open. Have that discussion. Okay. um in a time when you both are you know have slept to be in all the needs are taken oh, care of point. um but really have that conversation and um, thinking about how you were raised with money or what you value with money and what is working in your current financial situation and what's not and be able to mm-hmm. communicate that. And just that alone is already going to be huge because nobody talks about money. So yeah. it's not usually brought up in a relationship. If it is, it's in that argumentative mm-hmm. form. Um, so that's one tip. The other tip I would say is, um, kind of going along with that, having a weekly financial check-in. So we teach our students this to just have 20 minutes a week. Doesn't have to take long, but that's when you do everything with the finances. So pay your bills, like check your budget, make sure you're on track, all of that. But also, continuing that conversation that you had that initial conversation and mm-hmm. having that continually happening to be like, okay, how are you feeling about this? Did something happen this week with money that triggered something for you? And how can we do better this next week?
2: Yeah. With that weekly mm-hmm. financial check and it's so powerful and both people need to be involved in the relationship. Now, this isn't a time where, you know, you both have to call the insurance company and pay the bill or whatever. But it is yeah. a time where you go over all the transactions you spent in the last week and just have a discussion um, and be on that, be on that same page. Um, and it, as you do that consistently, your financial relationship grows, with, which bleeds over into really your core relationship because you're working, yeah. you're planning, you're discussing together. And yeah. it really changes the, the dynamic of the relationship to people who are just operating in the same household to actual home household partners who are working and and, and growing together.
0: Oh man, that's such a good point because if you don't do that, there's a lot of financial infidelity that can occur. And I love how you're saying, guys, this is right in the thick of all the biggest parts of marriage trust.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. That time where you, you can both see how much money is in the bank account this week. You can see every single dollar that was spent. It's, it's difficult to have financial infidelity continuously occur when you are working together. And um, it it also allows you to be more on top of it because if you're checking things once a month or Mm -hmm. once a quarter, if things have already happened, you can't change anything by that point. Um, And so just that 20 to 25 minutes once a week, eat some ice cream afterwards, watch your favorite Mm -hmm. show together. It kind of just, it becomes a a bonding time over something Mm -hmm. that would typically be viewed as a chore. But actually can turn your whole finances around and make put you in a direction you really want to be going in your relationship financially.
0: Ah, that is well said. And we've lived it too. I don't want it to be about our story. And I've already shared ours on another episode, but it sounds like you have learned some of this through experience too. Do you guys mind sharing a little bit about your story?
1: Of course. We'd be happy to. Yeah. So a lot of it, it kind of goes back to being any threes, but both of us were just so um a little bit selfish, just doing our own thing, living our own world (laughs) and both feeling like we were in the right and all through dating, all through engagement, we kind of just did everything separate. We didn't really talk about things until we were like towards the end of our engagement, like a couple weeks before our wedding was like our first real finance conversation. So that I don't recommend that, but it's better than never having it (laughs) at all. Yeah. So I talked to Dan about it and I was like, Hey, you know, like, are you in any debt? That was like, my leading question. Um, And Dan's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, well that's probably like pretty normal. I didn't have any debt. Yeah. I was like lucky to have my parents help me with college and stuff. Yeah. But Dan had some student loans, car loans, a few things. And so he didn't even know how much debt he was in until we like sat down and talked about it and then he had to add them all up and my detail oriented brain wanted to know every (laughs) last cent of where you're at Yes. so I was asking him about that and Mm -hmm. it ended up he was $20,000 in debt and he was on track to double that in like the next six months Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah you want to continue
2: basically it was all my fault Uh (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah I I had I was putting myself in some pretty uh, terrible spending habits and patterns. Um, I was running a business at the time that I thought was going to make me rich. And um, I wanted status. I wanted other people to view me as such. So I bought a new car. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, going out to eat, taking all my friends out to eat. I just wanted everybody to see how successful I was, unfortunately. Um, So this, these habits were really a problem and um, after, you know, I kind of glanced over that, that during that discussion or a few, few weeks before our marriage, but when we got married and kind of the truth came out about what I was really doing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, it made our marriage started out pretty rocky, uh, because of that. Um, mm-hmm. so I remember after one particular conversation, slamming the door, walking outside and just wondering, you know, is this going to work? Yeah. How are we going to, uh, how are we going to do this? Both extremely stubborn, both had a very particular idea of how finances needed to be done, and they were at odds. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to change. (laughs) That was the that was pretty much the problem. Long story short, I realized that my marriage was more important than my money, Mm -hmm. and uh, I we we decided to figure things out. We went to you know we realized that we didn't actually know that much about finances, and so we went and read every financial book we could get our hands on. We wow. interviewed millionaires. We, um, read, you know, entire financial blogs of people who retired early. We spent like a thousand hours. I think we counted it up, oh. um, mm-hmm. learning about money and finances. And we were still finishing our college degrees at the time. We ended up paying off that 20 grand of debt in six months and, oh. um, just kind of went from there. And it's been, it was the hardest part of our marriage by far. And it's, become a real strength. Um, I say that humbly, not trying to say that we're you know, better than everyone else, but <laughs> it's, it's not a stress as it was.
0: Yeah. And I think that's not coming across as arrogant. It's really coming across as hopeful because a lot of people listening are stressed. That's very normal in this culture, America. We were talking last week, just on our fun Friday on Instagram what's America's Enneagram type? And you can imagine it was three. And so (laughs) (laughs) we like to spend in this country and we like to define our worth through what other people think of us and our spending. And I was just even watching Parks and rec reruns last night. And Tom was his pad was totally lined with all these coconut waters and comfortable blankets and really expensive items. And, you know, they were like, he's in a lot of debt. Um, and Tom is kind <laughs> of a classic three. It's probably debatable by some, but I think that we're all agreeing that this culture is comfortable with that. And so that when Dan had to look deeper and do some of even his personality work, he had to realize his spiritual journey. Like, am I going to put this and wanting people to think of me as successful ahead of what's good and true, the truth of the three. And Mm. I love that that veracity came out in one. And I want to add for spouses listening that When one of the spouses isn't harsh and rude and nasty about it, but able to say, I love you no matter what, and I'm going to be your teammate, and I'm going to cover you when you're feeling like maybe your worth is questionable because you're not spending as much. Like that was probably so important for Kay to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, there was moments where she did do that. There was also moments where she didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being honest. You guys are so pragmatic.
2: (laughs) We we have to, we have to tell the truth. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, Kay Kay did that too. She came to the table and said, look, I I don't want this to be just my way. I want this to, at the end of the day, we want, we want our marriage to work and that means we've got to find a way for money to work And that. That's probably not going to look like the same way it did when we were single. Or if it's not working in marriage for those listening, it's probably not going to be the same way you've been doing things up until this point.
1: And I think too kind of back to that being selfish in our own ways to then Dan being like, you know what, let's do this differently. It still wasn't let's do it Kay's way. We had to create a new way of what how we were doing things. And I think that also helped us to kind of rewrite what success and status and all that looks like to being less about my success and my dreams and my everything to how can us as a unit, as a married couple, or as a family of children and all that, like, how can we be successful? How can we help others? How can we, you know, have strong relationships and all these things that are also part of success that we kind of had to redefine what that actually looks like and realize that this is actually way better. So even though it feels like you might be setting, having a setback, you know, like, okay, now what, because we can't, you know, do it exactly how I want, that actually ends up being better.
0: Oh, I love that. I love how you bring in the instinct of our first instinct for most Americans is going to be self-preserving probably. But then you're saying to be able to look together as the dyad of what's going to be best for us. I heard you using that language. And then I even just now heard you adding in for others, for really like that most noble of the instincts to serve the world with our mutual gifts and our glow. Like that's exciting. And it wasn't that Dan had to just become just like, Kay. I also think that's really cool for the couples listening is let's take that deep breath and do this together. Let's both shift because it just doesn't feel like as much of a you and me thing if it's all my way. And so I love that you were open to that too. Eventually. Michaela. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's so cool. So are there other tips that you think our listeners might love to hear other than the weekly meeting, not having financial infidelity, of course, and also finding the new kind of message? What would you say is something else that our listeners need to know? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Super practical tip that has just, that really will change your life. And they'll think about this probably, why was I doing this before? But every year we have birthdays and Christmas and holidays that we know are coming. And they come every year. They're not a surprise. And so with that being said, plan a year in advance, you know, in January or think about right now, have a conversation about what you want to do this Christmas or what you think you're going to be able to do and start setting aside that money now monthly so that when December comes, the money's already there. And this isn't something that you have to stress about and have all this extra money to go do because you've been putting aside money automatically, automatically transferring that to a separate bank account. And so that when December comes, you have a savings account full of money that you can fully provide for Christmas. And it's not gonna be this stressful um, addition. You know, mm. let's not be stressed out during Christmas. You can do this for birthdays, holidays, uh, vacations, and um, you know, preparing even you know, your car is going to break down eventually. You're gonna need new tires. Start putting aside just a little bit of money every month for that so that when the car breaks down, it's not an additional financial stress in addition to the inconvenience that uh, Mm -hmm. a financial, a car breakdown can Mm be.
1: And if you're thinking, well, I have no extra money. How am I going to set aside more money? I think it's helpful even if you just start with one of those. Like maybe you don't have enough money to set aside to, you know, save for Christmas and for car repair and for vacation. And just hearing that probably made you like, stressed out beyond belief. Um, just being able to be like, okay, well, which one can I start with? And maybe I'm just going to do setting aside money for Christmas right now Mm -hmm. and start building those habits. And then you can add one a month or one every couple months, depending on how you function and how much money you can set aside.
2: That was a perfect example of big picture and also practicality. <laughs> it,
0: was. <laughs> it was, but that's okay because some listeners are working on their Robinhood portfolios and others are like, I do not have food. We are on food stamps. Yeah. So right. it's nice for everybody listening to have that reminder of being together on the big purchases and making sure that you start small with something new you're going to do because everybody... Tries to theoretically put a dollar onto everything they spend and to know where it's going to go, rather. But, but not everybody does it, even if they make a lot of money or just a little bit. But I would imagine that you guys, when we went through our major journey with this, I remember we really learned we could cut back in a lot more places than we realized. Did you guys have that as well? Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, one of the things that we've we've we tell people to do that is a little bit unique in a sense of cutting back, but sell a thousand dollars worth of stuff. You've probably been gathering a lot of stuff over the years and go on a Facebook marketplace or whatever you know app you use, mm-hmm. Craigslist, whatever, and and just sell stuff you haven't used or touched and probably aren't going to use. You can always go buy it again. And it's going to declutter your your living space. It's going to make you feel more on top of it and you're going to have some cash that you can then put towards something that you like to. Now that's one of the things that we realized that we didn't need to have everything that we actually had as far as removing and cutting back is mm-hmm. physical possessions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other place I would say are like recurring expenses yeah. because that you just have to make the cut once. You don't have to ah. do it every time. Be like, Oh, I know that I should cut back on my groceries this month, but This month, eh, not going to work. I'll try again next month. You don't have to have that mental energy every single time. So if that's subscriptions or figuring out your phone bill, lowering your phone bill just one time, you know, then it'll help you for the rest of the time. Or maybe you're paying for an upgraded gym pass when really you only use the one underneath it or, you know, little things like that where it may not even change your lifestyle that much, but you will have a little extra money to put towards things that matter to you. The
2: most dangerous mindset is to have, I'm going to use this someday, but you haven't used it in a long time. And if you can easily get it again, if you can easily re-sign up or you yeah. know, redo it, just just cut back and then reapply when you actually want to use it. Mm-hmm. And it's just taking the time to do this because we're busy. You know, if you've got kids, you understand like there's sometimes we don't have the time or the mental energy to do those things, but block out some time, go through your expenses and just cut back. And that's going to help you feel better if you're feeling any Type of financial tightness right now or if you're invest investment mode it'll free up some capital to
1: invest
0: Wow. That's inspiring. And I love how you're saying, do this, you to the listener, because when you start to take ownership yourself, I think that's super attractive in marriage, no matter what you're doing. And you can't always get off of this podcast and run out to your spouse. As I was saying, like <laughs> I might have before done like, "Hi Wes, I just heard this podcast, you know, would just start doing it. Like, Hey, did you know that I gave up my gym membership because I already work out at home. I mean, that alone to your spouse could be something just inspiring where now the ball is rolling versus I want you to give up your, this and that, and I'm not willing to. So I'm hearing that humility is probably a great thing for our listeners to take up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: And you know, there's, I guarantee there's probably somebody listening to this where you're willing to make changes, but your spouse or partner may not be willing to. And totally, you know, that's, that's difficult. Let's acknowledge that that that's hard, but to Chris's point, if you, if you can start, they will see those changes and they will often want to know why and will join in starts with you and you can choose to do so much. There is so much in your control. Maybe even if you, it feels like it is. isn't.
0: Oh, that's a really good point. And even if it's just that they won't do some of the bigger things, but you figure out a way to get an emergency savings That's awesome because now you can sleep better at night saying, oh, they have all these big ticket things they won't let go of, but I'm trusting God. I have a bit reserved so that I know I can use that for emergencies. And then when you present that to your spouse later, and of course, some of these bigger issues may need to be worked out in counseling or coaching, but sometimes when you're just presenting that that to them later, they're really impressed. Like, wow, thank you for saving for us. Now I see why you did because the tires blew out and I was able to get them, you know, fix it. And especially if you're generous with what you're doing, I think people are really more interested in sharing with you.
2: Yeah. It's a way you can serve your partner for sure. Yes, and otherwise,
0: otherwise the gloating is too much for people. Like I told you, we were going to have an emergency. You may do a bit of that as a teasing person if you're flirting (laughs) and having fun, but if it's nasty, come on, guys, we can do better than that, right? Totally. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's and and that you, I think we're talking to a kind of specific situation here. But if you're, you know, if you feel some resentment maybe towards your your partner or spouse for how they've handled finances, you know. It, it probably is justified in some way, mm-hmm. but it's not going to move you forward. That resentment will not help you progress. And it will not get you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And you have to, at some point, decide that you're going to move forward, even if your spouse or partner has not made the correct decision of money they should have. And mm-hmm. that may be according mm-hmm. to your opinion or even, you know, the truth, <laughs> but, uh, but it it is you get to decide you can forgive them and you can, you have a lot that you can do
0: yes oh my gosh what an empowering message for our listeners i'm so excited about this and I'm grateful because I know the journey and the way it can cost a marriage. So I'm so grateful to you guys. And I want our listeners to get a chance to really get to know you guys. So tell them about your awesome freebie, which I know you have because I've already looked at it, and also about where they can find you on social media.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a free budgeting class that we would love for everyone to come to. We talk about. Budgeting tips, budgeting mistakes, we often see lots of stuff in there. And so yeah, you can find us. Our website is Senseifinancial.com and you can find our free training there. And we're also on Instagram at Sensei Financial and LinkedIn, and we have a free Facebook group as well.
0: Oh my goodness, that's awesome that they can get a free class with you guys.
2: Absolutely. We run that several times a week and it's a lot of fun. So, you know, block out some time on your calendar. That's pretty much what we're always going to tell you to do with finances because it's never going to solve itself it is <laughs> yeah. set apart some time. It's about 45 minutes long and you can start. That's a great place to start if you're wanting to make some changes.
0: Ah, thank you guys so much. That's the best. I'm linking it in the show notes, of course. And we are so glad you guys are sharing this with everybody. And I can tell you have so much wisdom and that is a huge blessing. So thank you.
2: Thanks for having us, Chris. I really really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Okay. I'm so happy we got to learn from Daniel and Kay. They have been true to their namesake. They are absolute whizzes when it comes to money and even as they grow in their relationship, you can just tell they're leaning in and learning and that is so inspiring for me to see them doing in their marriage when it would be so easy to just say, you know what? Not right now. We're both forward thinkers. This isn't really necessary. We're fine. We can just shove it under the rug. And instead, they're being patient and they're taking their time to do slower movements, slower steps, even resting some and uh, also sacrificing so that they don't maybe have to have everything now. So remember that as you're on your financial journey, as you're on your Enneagram journey, It's not about immediate gratification, it's about moderation, it's about learning to be smart with your finances, with your marriage, and with your family so that you guys have even a healthier legacy and ultimately better times and more fun and more joy together. Don't forget, include your self-care. I will be talking to you about Enneagram and Fitness this season as well. I have more Glow Pairings. I keep hearing from people who want more Glow Pairings, so don't worry, we have not forgotten that either. so much fun coming up with Try Type with you soon. I hope you guys have an awesome Labor Day weekend and don't forget to check out all the goodies in the show notes, especially Daniel and Kay's awesome information. Their budgeting class is so cool that they offer this regularly and I have loved hearing the testimonials they've been getting from that too. So that's coming up your way and all the rest as well. So you have a great week. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.